We might not know every Bible character, but if there's one that most of us know, it's Zacchaeus, right? And why do we know Zacchaeus? Because of the song that we learned in Sunday school and Bible school. Who wants to get us started, Chris? For I'm going to your house today. For I'm going to your house today. See, you could all be in the music man, couldn't you? Yeah, okay. Okay, so that's what we know about Zacchaeus. That's the song. A little bit more that we know is, yeah, he, he was a tax collector. Uh, tax collectors were seen as collaborators with the Romans. They were, they were not liked, they were not popular, they were considered to be sinners because they, they uh, collaborated with the occupying force. Um, Zacchaeus was rich. Zacche- uh, Jericho would have been a town of some size, it was apparently a regional center, so th- to get the tax collector job there would have brought in quite a bit of money. Uh, t- you know, with communications not being great, who knew what the taxes were, so tax collectors could actually assess what they wanted to, and who knew? Who knew if it was accurate or not? When a tax collector uh, or anybody was um, caught for thieving, if they had taken uh, the, the goods by, by, by violence, uh, they had to restore fourfold. If they uh, did not take the goods by, uh, by violence, uh, they had to refor- restore double. If they confessed voluntarily to what they had done, they owed what they had stolen plus 20%. That Zacchaeus says to Jesus, I will give half is is out of the ordinary. It's not required. That's that's what we know of Zacchaeus. Uh, Bible scholars like to, some Bible scholars like to get a hold of of personality studies and apply um, Myers-Briggs or, or Strength Finders or the Enneagram to Bible characters to explain them further. And um, what I'm going to say now does come from uh, Richard Rohr's uh, Enneagram. Not everything I'm going to say, but what I'm going to say in a little bit. Um, it comes from Richard Rohr's Enneagram studies. He would classify uh, Zacchaeus as a person who, is, who is, uh, likes to take things in, likes to perceive, uh, likes to know things, is open and receptive to new ideas, uh, to, to, to new findings. A person like Zacchaeus is, uh, tends to be an inventor or an explorer. They tend to be introverts. Uh, I don't know why this is important, but they tend to wear glasses because they like to see and take things in. Um, they, they tend to be collectors of knowledge, of ideas, stamps, uh, butterflies, coins. They'll, they'll collect anything. 
one of the issues for a person like Zacchaeus is that they experience emptiness. And this emptiness in their life has to be filled by things. So, so they can tend toward uh, greed and, and avarice. They tend to be takers, not givers or sharers. And if they're taking stuff in all the time, they will, um, they will tend to build a wall around themselves to protect what they've taken in. Um, their defense mode for their personality is, is withdraw, withdrawal, and they will be detached from things. They will see their home as their castle. It's where they have their stuff and protect it from the outside world. They tend to be introverts. That description makes some of what we hear in the Bible make sense. That, that, that Zacchaeus climbs up in a sycamore tree to see what's going on is he wants to take it in. He wants to take the event in. He wants to take the procession in. He wants to see what Jesus is up to. He's a spectator, and this personality type tends to be more of a spectator. And, and he's detached. He's removed from the crowd. He likes to be alone. He's an introvert. So he would be up in that sycamore tree observing things. So when Jesus says, come down for I'm going to your house today, initially Zacchaeus would have hated that. Those are two things that Zacchaeus hated. He did not want his home invaded. He liked to be safe behind his four walls and he did not like to share. So when Jesus says, come over and I'll come over and you can feed me, Zacchaeus doesn't like that at all. If Zacchaeus is going to be redeemed, he needs to be redeemed from this, this taking in, this taker mentality, this greed mentality. He needs to become a giver. And he needs to overcome this sense of withdrawal and separation from people. He needs to be connected. I found that interesting. I like personality studies. I like to find out what I am and so I can read about myself. It's kind of an ego thing. Um, what interested me about this is, is that I came to believe that our personality type tends to determine how we understand salvation. I've come to believe that salvation is not a one-size-fits-all. But salvation is different for different people. Let's take that great salvation story, The Wizard of Oz. There are, let's just say, four main characters in The Wizard of Oz. What does salvation look like for the cowardly lion? Courage. Courage. That's not an issue for the tin man or the straw man or Dorothy. 
But it is an issue for the cowardly lion. He wants to be saved to be courageous. He wants to be saved from being a coward. What about the tin man? Heart. He wants to feel. He wants to be saved from not being detached, from being cold, to having feelings. The lion might not connect to that, but that's where the tin man's at. What about the straw man? A brain. He wants a brain. He wants to be saved from, from ignorance, to being able to think. And Dorothy, home. She wants to go home. She wants to no longer be in exile. She wants to be saved from exile to be home. So salvation for each of these is very real, but it's very different. And I get the feeling that, you know, sometimes when a preacher talks about salvation, we're not quite sure what it is, and everybody in the congregation might be thinking a different thing and wondering if it's appropriate for them. We hear that salvation is forgiveness of sins, and I have no problem with thinking that for salvation is forgiveness of sins. But I wonder about, what about the person who's been abused? What about the victim of abuse? Does salvation as forgiveness of sins work for them? What sin are they being forgiven of? I would think here salvation would be understood in terms of deliverance from shame. So, salvation is different for different people. Um, Just a couple other examples. There's a personality type that um, has the need to be right. Maybe you've met that person. The need to be right. They have to be perfect. They have to be perfect. Now, you know, on the upside of the person who's right, they make great teachers. They make great professors. They tend to make pretty good preachers. You know? <laughs> Their idea... Now, you're not saying that's me. You're, you know, they tend to be idealistic. Um, they tend to be fair. They tend to be honest. But their perfectionism makes their life miserable for they're very hard on themselves and they're very hard on others. And they often express that perfectionism in terms of control, making things the right way, and in anger when they don't go the right way. So this person needs to be saved from the anger and the control and understand that life is growth. It's, it's evolution. It's, it's becoming. It's not settled. There's a type that is really into duty. Really into duty. This is the person who 
who's into security, a person who paints within the lines, who is very loyal, who's very dependable, can be counted on to do jobs. This is a person that projects what will go wrong and tends to see the cup as half empty and will not take chances and will not take risks and is fearful and anxious. This person needs to be saved so they can be courageous. Jesus says, he came to seek and to save the lost. Seeking is a matter of seeing. You know, Jesus looked up and saw Zacchaeus. In this story, seeing is the verb. Zacchaeus climbs the tree to see. Jesus stops and looks up and sees Zacchaeus. When, when Zacchaeus takes Jesus to his house to eat, the crowd murmurs when they see that Jesus is going to the house of a sinner. I think the gift that Jesus gives Zacchaeus is self-awareness. That Jesus enables Zacchaeus to see himself maybe for the first time as he really is. That's the, that's the salvation that Jesus offers everyone. The opportunity to see themselves as they really are. It's as if Jesus does hold up a mirror to us. That Jesus is this mirror that enables us to see ourselves. The person who is really into success, who is really into winning, is given the gift of self-awareness of their dark side, of what they need to be saved from, from vanity from lying and untruthfulness so that they always look successful. The person who wants to be special and stand out and be unique is given the gift of seeing that their envy is wrecking their life and causing the depression that they experience when they don't feel like they are unique. The person who is really into being chill, you know, sees through the self-awareness of Jesus' mirror that they need to be saved from laziness and indifference. And people are saved to be trusting and hopeful. The person that's so chill is saved to take action. 
Jesus says at the end, this day salvation has come to this house. I always interpreted that as, okay, Zacchaeus is saved. He's saved to be generous. He's saved to be part of community. Salvation has come to this house. I always pictured it that Jesus went from room to room with everybody who lived in the house and said, you're saved, you're saved, you're saved, you're saved. And maybe that is what happened. But I tend to think salvation has a ripple effect. Zacchaeus was transformed from being a person who was detached and isolated and a person who didn't share to a person who shared and was engaged. Now, I would think living in a household with a person who doesn't share and is detached and isolated is not a very pleasant household to live in. But when Zacchaeus becomes a person who shares and communicates and engages, it affects the whole household. And salvation does come to the house because Zacchaeus is a different person. He's been saved. I think most of the things that Jesus gives us in our self-awareness about the dark side of ourselves, these are things that make other people's lives miserable, including our own. Anger affects not only the person, but it affects the whole household. Envy not only affects the person, but the whole household. And when Jesus saves a person, it affects others. Salvation comes to the household through the person that has been transformed. Jesus says at the end, salvation has come to this household for this man was a child of Abraham. Now this mirror that Jesus holds up for self-awareness of what we are to be saved from also tells us what we're to be saved to. This mirror says, you're a child of Abraham. You're a child of God. You are loved. Jesus, this mirror and this salvation is different for each person, but there are things that are common about it. For the mirror says to everyone, whatever your personality, whatever your situation, you are God's beloved child. It says that to everyone. And it also says to everyone, you are to be loving. You are saved to be loving. For whatever the salvation is for the person, it always ends up connecting them with others. Salvation for all of us is the joy of being loved and it's the joy of loving. May it be so. Amen.